Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. You will also get bonus content every month, including the audio versions of my regular columns for ESPN. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. Federico Fernandez, maybe to everybody who knows him, currently the centre-back at Newcastle United. For those down in Wales, Swansea may wish to claim him as their own. Most importantly, today he's the guest of the big interview. And sorry Newcastle, sorry Swansea. I have to attribute some of Fede's greatness to what he did both at Estudiantes in his native Argentina, where he helped the club that he and his dad love to win the Copa Libertadores, effectively the Champions League. But most interestingly, his time at Napoli made him, in my voice, and I think unwillingly his, the second greatest Argentinian ever to play for Napoli. Who was the first? Or the second or the third, you might ask. We'll argue that out later. In this first part of the interview, we shall learn about two giants of Argentinian football, a mouse and a wizard. Firstly, El Raton, Roberto Ayala, and secondly, La Brujita, Juan Sebastian Verón. Let me introduce Federico Fernández. You and he are going to get along just great. From the city of Barcelona to the beautiful city of Newcastle and one of their most um, international, most exciting players 
Um, Federico Fernandez, um, welcome to the big interview. Federico, thanks for giving us your time. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to, to be here. Fede, we're going to begin with a true or false round. And I only need one word. True or false. Okay, here we go. Although you are a central defender with not so many professional goals as you've seen in your career, in your soul, in your alma, you're a born goal scorer. Un goleador nato. True or false? False. <laughs> okay, so I've started off wrong. Okay, okay. This one will be, I'm sure. Italy and Germany in their history have won eight World Cups between them, total. But you've played both of their national teams a number of times. You've won every game against them and you've scored against Germany. True or false? Absolutely false. Oh, we're going to have to have a conversation about that one later on. Okay, the third one is this one. This one is about emotions, Fedi. On the 8th of July 2014, you were so sad that you nearly cried when Germany scored seven times against Brazil to knock Brazil out of the World Cup in Brazil. So sad that you nearly cried. True or true or false? <laughs> true. This is a difficult interview. These, these answers aren't going the way that I thought they would go. On June the 9th, 2012, as you rose above your Napoli teammate, Bruno Uvini, and you deliberately directed your header in off the post so that your Napoli teammate, Rafael, couldn't reach it. And you helped Argentina beat Brazil 4-3 with your goal, plus a hat-trick from some little guy who lives in Barcelona. You shouted, Toma, nos vemos in Napoli, y estáis comprando los cervezas perdedores. Take that, we'll see each other in the Napoli training ground, and you're buying the beers, losers. <laughs> true or false? Absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last two. Ferry Fernandez is the second best Argentinian ever to play for Napoli. True or false? Yeah, I agree. True. True. Me too. And the last one. Rafa Benitez is an easygoing, laid-back coach who always says to his players, look, guys, you defend however you like today. I'll just do the press conferences. True or false? <laughs> false. Completely false. <laughs> Yes. We're, we're out of the true-false round now. Some of the uh, listeners who haven't followed your magnificent career with the Argentine national team, with the Estudiantes, with Napoli, with Getafe, with Swansea, with Newcastle, they know a little bit more about you. But, Fede, let, let's go back to the beginning because we've had a number of guests who've talked about El Raton Ayala, Roberto Ayala. We had one, I don't know if you know this guy, John Hartson. He played for Arsenal, he played for Celtic, he played for Wales. He's a very strong, successful, um, some would say frightening centre-forward. And when we asked him to talk about his most difficult opponent, he immediately said, El Raton Ayala. You grew up um, with him, Ayala, as your idol. I want you to tell us why, please. I want you to describe him. So when Fede was a young boy, un pibito, 
why did your attention finally settle on this guy? How did he inspire you? Describe him as a footballer, please. Uh, when I was young, I watched a lot of football and he was probably in the best moment of his career and um, he with the Argentina national team. So uh, he had a, a really good World Cup uh, by 2006 Playing for Argentina in a World Cup is a big, big thing. So uh, I remember I was in the school with my my friends. I watch um, the games. And I said, "Wow, uh, one day uh, I would like to to play uh, his level, no, Roberto Nashala." Later on, when I signed for Naples, I had the opportunity to talk with him because he was in Naples as well. Uh, he advised me uh, about the city and the club and um, obviously he we talking about football and uh, he say uh, look you can improve this or that so it was uh, very helpful um, when I talk with him and obviously um, take the, the opportunity to to spoke with, with a great player and uh, try to uh, copy uh, great things you shared an agent I think for a small time and that put you two together when you began yeah. to speak to him describe exactly what kind of advice he was giving you because you must understand there'll be lots of boys and girls watching this now listening to this now mm-hmm. who'll be like if, if I can learn from these two guys from their conversation they'll take what you say specifically and maybe apply it yeah of course um, obviously, we talk about uh, first the, the city and uh, the, the fans and the club of Napoli, but the specific of uh, the, the game, uh, he saw that uh, at that time uh, I was committing a lot of foul in an in a area when I don't uh, need to do it. For example, when the striker received the ball back to the goal, um, he said, look, uh, he's not going anywhere. Uh, if you don't let turn, keep it. Don't make a foul because sometimes it's what the striker wants. And uh, we're well, well, very clear and specific. So uh, after that, I, I, I start working and thinking about uh, this action and improving uh, in my game. You've got you share a nationality, you share a position, but physically you're both very different indeed. For people that don't remember Ayala. He, he isn't the height or, or the power, really, for a centre-half. In my opinion, everything was played with his brain and his judgment. Um, so when he was telling you to, what we call in Britain, jockey the striker to, to hold him in a certain position, he knew he was talking to somebody who had bigger advantages than he did, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, as you described very, very well, uh, we are different, and uh, but, I mean... For me, the most important thing is the concept of the game, that uh, uh, we, we can take advantage of, of that. So even if you are slow or, 
strong central back or anyway the, the concept of the game of the position of, of the um, uh, if you you can avoid some kind of uh, mistake or, or position is 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 great uh, and someone from outside uh, so you because maybe you know when you are in the game uh, or inside you don't see the, the full picture uh, you can say like that um, uh, yeah uh, I just work in detail because uh, for me as a defender uh, you need to be concentrating attention every single detail and today uh, you play with, against teams that uh, they are for example really well in the same place and they're looking for fouls and this kind of thing so if you you are in a position when you are not necessary to, to make a foul uh, so stay your feet and uh, don't don't give nothing to to the others tell me about because you talk about the concept of football um, before you came out of Argentina you were coached for a long time by Alex Sabella and we're going to talk about him a little bit but you were also uh, taught by Toto Perizzo um, so Perizzo was also really high quality centre half very successful eventually he becomes coach of Celta Vigo takes them nearly nearly to the final of the Europa League he recovered from his cancer, cancer battle thank thank goodness recently um, given that you had been a centre half for a long time at Estudiantes before you came to Napoli and, and Ayala gave you more advice what was it you were doing I'd ask did, did you have this concept that if I see the ball I must win it a, a kind of mentalidad guerrero rather than waiting and thinking and not going into the trap was every ball a ball that you you had to win was that part of it yeah some part of it yeah of course um, I mean uh, when you are young uh, and obviously you want to to try to impress or try every time to to pass it between the line when sometimes it's not possible but you try because uh, you don't have much experience you know over the years, uh, when you are uh, coaching bar, you say Isabella, Berizzo. I had Berizzo six months before uh, I came to Europe. Um, we spent with him uh, six months after the, the normal training we had with all the group. He took me and he said, come on, come here. Defend 1v1, you need this. In Europe, you need to be strong. So this kind of thing, so he prepared uh, myself to to come here, no, and yeah, I can say today that I changed my game a little bit in terms of uh, don't force the ball if you don't really need um, uh, that. I say uh, don't make a foul in a position where it could be dangerous to to us. So obviously, little by little, year by year, you you get more games in your back experience, and uh, you can recognize uh, the time of the game uh, and manage uh, better. You, you know, I guess even in Argentina, they must have the expression, never meet your heroes, never. With the idea that it's always going to be a disappointment. You're better to have the image in your heart and in your soul. So football aside, a un lado, what was it like when you meet your hero? What was the process of getting advice and friendship? from Ayala yeah well uh, that you say is strange you know uh, 
I meet uh, top players uh, during my career that you used to watch uh, every week by, by TV. Uh, and then we need to shake your hands and uh, say hi. It's like, oh, it's a normal guy, no? Oh, oh it's special, it's fun, or oh, it's different with uh, player you see on TV. Yeah, but obviously I was surprised. I was joked uh, because uh, it's been a long, long time that uh, uh, I waited for the opportunity to to meet him and he. He sent me the Zaragoza T-shirt uh, signed by him and, and had it in my little museum. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was great. It was great for me and um, can share this moment. I may I tell you about another podcast. Yes, we believe in biodiversity. It's from the makers of The Big Interview, and it's called Between the Lines, the stories behind great sports writing. Every episode takes a classic sports book or outstanding piece of sports writing and examines how the writer crafted their story. This is a weekly show, and the series so far has featured documentaries on the miracle of Castel di Sangro and Andrea Perlo's autobiography, I Think, Therefore I Play. There's also interviews with writers like Henry Winter, Simon Cooper, Andy Mitten, and David Goldblatt. Now, a friend of mine, Lawrence Donegan, on his classic golf book, Four Iron in the Soul. You know, you just write a book, and it's just some sort of alchemy that you, you don't understand what's happening. That's a good word. And lo and behold, at the end of it, it's like something's... It comes together and something's happened that you're not even aware it was happening at the time. I think Nick Hornby talked about this about Fever Pitch. You just wrote a book, not that Fever uh, got that's anywhere near as good as Fever Pitch, but you know, there's just some sort of alchemy, mysterious thing that happens in the process of writing a book, and the book is greater than for some reason it's actually better and bigger and more appealing than you actually intended. And lo and behold, as you say, 20 years later we're still talking about it and people will still talk about it. People absolutely love it in a way. And those kind of books that hit, just hit some kind of chord that you, you know, some kind of bullseye that you weren't aiming for, but somehow it hit that bullseye and, and, and that's why that's why they'll last. I need you to explain something to me about your culture, please. We've already mentioned El Raton Ashala. Some people will know that means he was called the mouse. If I'm not wrong, I think you were called Pajaro and El Flaco. El Flaco means skinny guy. But Pajaro, what does that mean? The bird. The bird. The bird, yeah. It's because of in my, in my town... Uh, yeah, my father uh, it was called for all uh, the town El Pajaro, so me and my my brother and my sister the pajaritos, no, the small small birds. So uh, I take I take uh, this, uh, yeah, I carry with. Uh, but it's my friend, my close friends knows only uh, this one, and then when. I was in a student, the skinny, because I am 190 and easy to, to say the skinny one. Perfetti, there's more. There's so many more. So, for example, if I'm not wrong, Berizzo was called Toto Berizzo, right? Yeah. What does Toto mean? Toto. 
I think it's uh, because of Eduardo, they call, they call Toto in Argentina. So, yeah, you know, in Argentina it's very common. Uh, you have a name, but uh, some people never call for your name in your life. Exactly. You go your whole life and you only get called the nicknames. There's the Brujo and the Bruja and the Brujita. Um, because one thing you shared with an, uh, another idol, Seba Veron, was that you two are part of a dynasty because your dad was a hugely successful, famous player with his Estudiantes and Seba Veron's father was a huge footballer, magical footballer, magical, so therefore he became Bruja or Brujo? Eh, Bruja. Bruja. The, 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 it means witch, but I guess for him it means the wizard, right? The wizard. The wizard, yeah. And Juan Sebastian Veron became the little wizard, Brujita. Brujita, yes. Exactly, Okay, okay, the two questions. Why so many apodos in your culture? Why so many nicknames? Why, why does everybody have a crazy one? I don't know. I think people, you know, uh, try to, to find the, the, funny, the funny way to, to call uh, someone. So uh, it could be that you say this case went on because of your father, so you keep... It goes on, it gets passed down from generation to yeah, generation. But I can tell you... Any Argentinian people uh, is called different from from the name, or a short name, or nickname, or you know, or you look like a a, a dog. They call dog, I don't know, something like that. So it's funny. It's funny. Someone are really really funny. Tigre Falcao, Pocho Lovetsi. Okay, okay. So at least now we all know a, a little bit more about it. But hablando de, de brujas, talking about witches and little witches, again, like Ajala um, Ferron, who the people who don't look with a big vista at world football in the UK, maybe they only remember him playing well at Manchester United, but in a time when United wasn't so successful. And then the move to Chelsea wasn't so good. But this was an extraordinary footballer. And I remember Darren Fletcher, when he was at Manchester United, told me that he would sit in the dressing room before a game and in the tiny dressing room with everybody moving around and getting changed, Paul Scholes and Juan Veron would be playing keepy-uppy between everybody, knocking the ball through legs in the dressing room. And Darren, who played 450 times for Manchester United, said to himself, Looking at these guys, I'm never going to get another game for United in midfield ever again. Tell us more about Juan Sebastian Verón, the footballer, the guy, because you ended up playing with him. Um, in fact, he made one of your goals for Estudiantes. He gave the asistencia and now he's the presidente. So tell us about this man. Oh, Sebastian is a special, special guy. Very strong personality, ambition. He's uh, a winner. As a player, uh, he has a lot of quality. Long passes, unbelievable. Um, yeah, he came to Europe and he was very successful. Um, he back to the Estudiantes in a very good age, in 2006. He won two leagues and he won the uh, Libertadores. And I was the process uh, with him. It was my, when I was 18, so had the experience to play along, alongside him, it was extraordinary, honestly. In terms of 
everything that we're talking before uh, professional in the, the one the first to to arrive at the training ground the last to to leave uh, every single day training so well obviously he had problem with his ankle and knee but I can say he's he doing everything to, to be on the field because uh, he wants to, to win it and for me uh, I, I say he, he gave me a lot of binds uh, he tried to improve me he said uh, you have a lot of potential to to the future play in the national team or come to Europe and stay for a long long time uh, he wasn't he wasn't wrong. It's today that I spoke with him uh, very often. Uh, I had my my uh, seat in uh, Estudiante in the stadium, in the new stadium, a beautiful stadium of Estudiante de la Plata, because I helped. Uh, he called me and they say you want to help uh, to buy some seats and uh, when well, the stadium was in uh, building and they say of course uh, no problem. Um, so yeah, I mean. Uh, it was great as a footballer, but sure, five five years uh, within a student was absolutely a pleasure. When we first saw him in Europe, I remember noticing him strongly at Sampdoria. And at Sampdoria, he didn't look like the Argentinian players I'd seen before because of two things. Yes, we, we'd seen, like, so for example, you're joining on the big interview we have only had two Argentinian interviews before. One is Pablo Zabaleta, who you know so well. But the other one was before your time. Your dad maybe knew Osvaldo Ardiles. So if you grew up and watched um, Argentinian football in the 70s, like I did, it was a little bit slower. It was quite hard, quite tough, quite cynical. But gradually there were footballers of fantastic quality. Osvaldo Ardiles, Ricky Villa would be two that came to Britain. Alex Sabella came to Sheffield and Leeds. So we saw quality. But Seba Verón had genius quality. His passing, his 1v1 skill, his vision, all of those were special. But how he worked, how he ran at Sampdoria, he ran like, I don't know, like a German player. It was close everything, win every ball. And the mix made him unbelievable for both Sampdoria and Lazio. Do you recognize the, the, the things that I, that I saw in my head when I, when I first watched him in Serie A? Do you understand what I mean about him being looking unusual for an Argentinian footballer? I totally agree. Probably this kind of, of player with uh, his quality and vision, probably they don't run much, but uh, he, he was the opposite. Uh, he was the first, and when you play with with him, you say, "Wow, this guy uh, play uh, ten years in Europe and come here and um, how how fight and uh, go to the floor and say, okay, we need to to go with him. We need to to be uh, at the same level if if we can." And hundred percent, he improved the the student school. That's why he been successful. Uh, with uh, Simeone as a coach in 2006 uh, and then uh, the era of Alejandro Sabella but he, he was uh, let's say a winner and uh, every single day they push uh, every guy in the squad to throw relaxing because he he don't came uh, to a estudiante to, to wait the, the time no? uh, 
coming to, to, to winning and I do everything to, to move the club forward. So, um, yeah, it's absolutely, uh, I think everyone uh, enjoy watching him on the field and us, we had the, the opportunity to, to see online his quality and uh, it was amazing. Because maybe I can make a comparison with, they're slightly different ages, but Roman Riquelme and Juan Verón, Seba Verón, had similar kinds of qualities, or certainly they shared certain attributes. But Seba Verón lived every game, every season, at three times the speed of Roman Riquelme, which doesn't stop Roman Riquelme being an unbelievable footballer for Boca Juniors, for Vigereal, for, for the national team. But that's the comparison that seemed unusual to me because Seba Veron could have played the, the match rhythm, the match tempo, the same way as Roman Riquelme and speeded things up with his brain and his pass. He, he could have stopped there, but instead his, his legs and lungs always showed, I want everything. When people, you didn't see him play, I didn't see him play Di Stefano. You listen to people talking about Di Stefano and he wanted to play in every position to, to get the ball and win the ball and pass the ball to himself. And that's what was part of his greatness. And Veron seems to come from, from that linea. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, well, you mentioned uh, Riquelme, no? Uh, what a, a great number 10. But uh, yeah, of course, everyone is different. And Riquelme was very successful, probably ran much less than, than Veron. But anyway, he was very effective. Uh, so depending of, of what uh, you need or, or what uh, your team needs at the moment. But uh, uh, you have, I think, a philosophy. Uh, and Verón always had this you know, heart uh, to, to push a passion uh, and mix with his vision and his quality. Let's, um, Fede, let's advance to going to the Sao Paulo Stadium, to the south of Italy. You, you have some Italian ancestry where you grew up before you moved to Buenos Aires you you grew up in tranquilidade things were laid back asados you say the silence of the the población and you're going to maybe the craziest city, football city in the world so explain to us first impressions it's really difficult to explain uh, to be honest uh, because you need to live uh, there to, to see but when uh, you become uh, a Napoli player, too, your history is totally different uh, in your time in the city. When you put the f your first feet in uh, the fan, it's unbelievable, passionate, uh, like in, the, in the South America, you are a superstar. Basically, if you go out for, for a dinner, that uh, was at that time with uh, La Bessi, Cavani, people outside the restaurant, 500 people there waiting for you, security. Uh, so they recognize so quickly. Uh, I always remember when I was in, in Swansea, three years after I left Naples, I came back for international break to, to Naples, and I wore a hat, sunglasses, and I working in, in the street with my, with my wife. Uh, at that point, we, we passed... Uh, a group of children, about around 8, 10, 12 years old, 10, 15 of them. And I was like, someone looked at me and said, Fernandez, 
Fernández, 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 and they are very common. Everyone, Carl Fernández here. So it was a panic in, in the street. Uh, it was fine. So I found with 50, 50 people there taking photos. Uh, it was it was great. It was for three years uh, like that, and and we were in a, in a really good shape with the team as well, playing Champions League. Uh, we won two um, Italian Cup, so it was a great time. I never experienced something uh, that passionate and strong with the fans in, in my career. We're lucky to have supporters in uh, Bet365 who are our supporters and, and our sponsors. And they said to us that, that they're, it caught their eye that I think the first goals you scored for Napoli were in the Champions League. And Napoli is there. You're three 0 down. It's before Benitez. It's uh, Walter Mazzari. Uh, you're in Bavaria, and Ezekiel Lavetti and Gokan Inler set you up for two headers. The game is crazy. Tell us about the experience of being three 0 down to Bayern Munich. Two Fede Fernandez headers to make it three two. The drama of nearly equalising, and this must have made the fans even crazier about their new Argentinian central. Yeah, well, it was a really good impact. It was my first uh, Champions League game away from home uh, with the powerful Bayern Munich. Uh, yeah, we had a really bad start of the game, feeling down. Uh, yeah, I scored before half time. Yeah, the acid of uh, Pocho, and this in second half, uh, I think it was twenty minutes to go. The second one, uh, yeah, and we literally believe in, in, in get something from, from the game and the, the fans was there, it was loud and all the Bayern Munich fans, it was so quiet. Uh, it was a couple of challenges as well, that's, oh, it was the last 20 minutes, unbelievable feeling. Uh, we had a couple of chances to, to, to get the free free, but uh, yeah, it's, it's today that... Uh, they, they, they text me, oh, Dopieta, Bayern Munich, Dopieta, Bayern Munich. Yeah, Dopieta means brace in English. I never forgot to say the fans, uh, because of course my, my first year at the club and my first game of Champions League, so it was, it was absolutely great. Thank you for listening to The Big Interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true. Graham Hunter and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson.